everyone, and thank you for joining into Collect Calls. This podcast is curated by students at Carleton University, working alongside with the Criminalization and Punishment Education Project, CPEP, in Ottawa, Canada. Before starting the podcast, we would like to first acknowledge the land on which we recorded this podcast and on which Carleton University is situated is the traditional, unceded, and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Nation. The following episode is an excerpt from an interview where we invited formerly incarcerated individuals and their families to speak on their experiences with the criminal justice system. Our goal in mind was to give these individuals a chance to speak for themselves, to voice their opinions on a system that has impacted their lives so greatly, rather than allowing for the same system to continue to speak for them. In further acknowledgement, we also want to recognize the overrepresentation of Black and Indigenous people in jails and prisons across Canada, one of the many lasting impacts of colonialism. We'd like to inform that the following podcast will be discussing sensitive topics and some vulgar language may be used. We caution listeners to be advised. If any of the following subjects trigger you, there are links in the description for counseling resources. Thank you. Before we start the interview like I did last time, do you want to introduce yourself a bit and like give us a background of why you wanted to be in the podcast and what you're looking to do here? Hey, um, well, my name is Sam Lapp and a friend asked me uh, to do this and I thought it was a good, it was a good initiative that you guys were doing and I just thought it would be beneficial for people to see uh someone uh, someone that's been incarcerated side their their perspective of how the justice system handles them right yeah um what was your experience like in prison like um do you want to like talk about yourself and like what led you into being incarcerated and things like that um well what led me to being incarcerated? I got the yeah, I came. I I grew up. I don't want to blame it on the neighborhood, but I I was involved in gang culture. So just the the, the wanting to be to belong to something and uh, and trying to find love where you thought there wasn't love or love from your parents because. Not like not like they didn't love you, but they just were too busy working trying to provide for you because they're they were refugees from a from a from Cambodia. My parents were refugees from Cambodia, so they didn't really know how to raise kids in a in the Western culture, right? So they all they knew how to do was just try to provide for us, right? And then that led me towards the neighborhood and seeing people have get getting um getting nice things or getting respect and feeling like their family through crime and 
mainly fear and intimidation and violence and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was, I just started to feel wanted, right? Wanted by them and wanted by people and I just admired amongst my peers. So that's what led me into a life, like a life of crime. I, I was getting in trouble since I was, I've been in the system since I was 13 years old, right? And then ultimately caught up with me and at 19 years old I was I got charged with murder and I got a life sentence and I ended up doing 18 years in prison and and those years were like those years were those years were tough on me like I still carried that that um criminal mentality and those that mindset into prison for a long time, right? Trying to prove yourself, trying to live by certain codes and, and yeah, just trying to, just trying to, just trying to be that tough guy and, and then thought that that's all that mattered. And it took me a long time and it was, it was tough. And then not until I, not until like I realized, not until like, realize what was important to me that I continued to change, right? Like mm-hmm. it was always a, like I, I decided to change. I mean, do you want to talk about how the conditions are in prison and like what kind of people you find in there or like what the guards are like, if, if you have any experience with that? Uh, how the conditions were like, yeah. like what, like, like the environment and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like even like, you can talk about like the environment, um, like the relationships with the people, like how it is around the people. You can talk about like if if it's clean there, which we obviously know it's not. But like, no, it's not. No, it's depending on where you are. That's one of the biggest things in prison. Like depending on being clean is the, one of the biggest things, but it's not clean in there. Don't get me wrong, but like inmates, the inmates try to quote unquote police themselves. Like, if you're not, if you're on a range or whatever it is, or you're in a dorm or, or you're in a, in a living quarters, so whatever you want to call it, cell block. If you're not clean, if you're that individual that's not clean or you clean or whatever, you get you get, you get pulled up. <laughs> like you do, you do, you do. Like like to the point like if there's certain times if you don't shower, some people like they don't have nothing better to do. They'll watch to see if you shower every day. And if you don't shower every day, you get you like you get beat up. <laughs> get like bullied for well, yeah. Shower every day, take care of yourself. Cause I have to live in a room yeah. with you and you're two feet away from me. And if your armpits stink, I'm gonna get mad. Yeah. Those <laughs> are the biggest fights. The biggest fights is once you get to like lower security, like people have they, they have kitchen nets and stuff, right? And you, you do your own dishes and all that stuff. There's people that wash dishes or they don't put their dishes away or leave dishes in the sink and stuff. It's it's a big thing. And then you got chores every day. And they, if you don't clean your living area, like those are a lot of fights. Cleansiness and the phone were probably the two biggest fights people get over in, in, a, in prison. I was just going to ask, speaking about the phones, like how is the communication in prison? Because you said like that causes a lot of fights. Like what, what causes the fights over the phone? Oh, because if you're not, oh, like just to be plain, like, Certain ranges, certain ranges, certain places, 
didn't know if you're, if you're not like, like, yeah, I wasn't never like that. But like, if you're not somebody or you didn't speak up for, if you didn't stand up and, and, and speak your voice and ready to, ready to, and ready to take what's yours or ready to show that you're not going to take nobody's, nobody's shit, like, pardon my language, but like, what do you call it? They, you will not get the phone. Like this place, you will not get the phone. Like certain new guys or like weak kind of guys, and I don't want to call people weak, but we're like certain people that it's the survival of the fittest. There's, there's people that will not touch the phone, and then they'll have some guy like me that nice. I have the phone time, or I have the phone time, or whatever. I'll give it to someone, but, but I'm not. But there's guys that are straight. Like there, there's, there's guys that are like they're straight mean. You know what I mean? You don't get the phone from the time eight o'clock, eight when the cells crack at eight o'clock. There's there's a phone list on, on the phone, whatever range you're on. Every phone, certain ranges, certain places have ranges that they have phone lists. Eight o'clock to nine o'clock at so and so. Nine o'clock to ten o'clock. It goes all the way to lockup, yeah. and you can't get the you can't get the phone. There's a signed time, and this certain guy, and it, there's even times where like the phone hangs down. And no one's using it, but you cannot touch it. Those are the that's the biggest thing. Like, I, if you, once you've been there, reputation, name, or your name, whatever, you'll like you'll get. I always got it. And so, people I knew always got it, but like I watch people, and I used to feel like me. You know, what I mean, I grew I grew up in there and whatever, and I I used to feel bad for certain people. Like people wouldn't get like for real. If there's a camera, and then they're like there's a reality show in there. You'll see. Guys, you start feeling sorry for guys. Guys will not get the phone. And how do, you, how do you think not, like, did you talk to your family a lot? And for, like, that guy or that, like, you felt bad for, like, other people like that, like, how do you think being separated from family in the outside world, like, affects your guys' mental health? Well, that's the biggest thing. You have um, that outside connection, for me anyways, that's what keeps me going, right? Mm. What keeps me knowing that I have a purpose and knowing that I need to push forward, right? To to eventually go home. Because in Canada, a life sentence, I'll go home. But there's people that don't have a life sentence. So they they know they're going home, but they 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 have to have something to believe in. If you don't have family, I've seen the worst type. I've seen people that they have the shortest type of, they have shortest sentence, but they have nobody. And it's like, it breaks them. You know what I mean? Because they don't know what to do when they get out. You know what I mean? They get out, they don't, they never even have enough savings. They get out, they don't even have a, they don't have no one to pick them up. They don't, they don't know where they're going to go. They might, they might have, even if they're not going to a halfway house, they might have to go to a shelter and that, that stuff, you know what I mean? That's, that's hard for, I can't imagine myself like that. You know what I mean? That's what happens. That's what, and that's what happens to some people. So that communication is key. It's human nature, right? Like me, I, I, you know what I mean? People need to talk to each other. You need to communicate and you need to feel like you're, there's a purpose that you, you, you're loved and someone cares about you, right? That's, that's a necessity in prison. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a big, big deal. That's why you see people like me. I was not, I wasn't like that. At first I was, right? but like there's people that go crazy calling home like they cannot 
Like they cannot leave the girlfriends or the wives alone. You know what I mean? Because they just want to feel that connection, right? Or or the kids or whatever, right? It's a big, it's a big thing. Or sometimes there's trust issues, but like me, like I need to like I need to call my it's just for my it's just for my mental health. It's right. It's and it's it, as much as your say your mom or your dad or your or your sister or your brothers or whoever wants to hear from you, you do it for yourself too, right? Mm-hmm. You do it for yourself because you need you need to know that it's something to, to work towards and you're, you're, you're going to go home to some, some people that love you, right? And they're going to take you back in or accept you, whatever. Yeah, it's like a hope for you guys. Like the your family on the outside is like your hope. So you don't want to, once you don't yes. have, you lose hope in, in the, your future outside of being incarcerated. Yeah, and it's, it's support, right? Yeah. Support, support network, a support circle is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's family or friends or whoever it is, right? It's a big thing that gives you that hope, right? Uh, you talked a little bit about it earlier when you were referring to like gang culture and stuff like that. But like, and even when speaking about like keeping bonds with people on the outside, like, are there any yeah. bond connections formed with being incarcerated or like with crime? Do you think? Through crime or like like or, or just being incarcerated together well like both you can talk about both or you can talk about either or it doesn't matter oh well for being incarcerated incarcerated together yeah i have i looked up to a lot of people i, I mean i mean good i mean if i could take these people out of prison and talk to them and 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 they were they actually lived in my community whatever they would they would be Good friends. They would be really good friends, but it, in all reality, it's like these people are not from my neck of the woods or my community, and they never. And some of them won't be out of prison for for years and years and years. So it dies out. But what, at that point, when you're spending five, ten, fifteen years with the same people, you be you care for them. You know what I mean? You end up caring for them, and there was this 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 people that I used to. Every every day when I feel down and out or I'm stressed out, I go and talk to these people, mm-hmm. and being selfish, selfish, and and not and real, not realizing, realizing that they have same they have similar problems or even worse problems because they're in the same boat as me, but they're still willing to talk to me. So there's real connections. There's real connections that you make in there because nothing's. No one's gonna feel the same way like you do than the people that are sitting there with you going through the same things, right? So and there's so much and there's so much like talent, like quote unquote talent, but like talent and intelligence that are so that are behind that wall, behind those walls that people don't realize. There's people that are so like there's people that give best advice they they're so smart and everything that you turn to and you and these are behind prison walls like, and this is all that this is all that i ever knew for 18 years like, these are the people i'm talking to, whether i'm talking to them about a girl or i'm talking to them about a job or what should i do you know or uh, my family or whatever it is right parole there's people that have they have opinion about everything or advice for everything you know what I mean, so that's it. You made you make 
those type of good bonds. And like I said, you need to talk. You always need to talk to people. If it's not calling someone, there's someone always, there's always someone inside that's yeah. going to talk. But you always, I, near the end of my sentence, I always try to keep it positive. There's always, there's people you could talk to that will, that will just talk nonsense. You know what I mean? And you, and then you just get influenced wrong. And then that being said, then, um, bonds that you make from the, from crime, like, a lot of the criminal, a lot of the people that I did crime or grew up with and did, were doing criminal things with, I'm not friends with anymore. But ones that I've been through, like, I had my back or I had their back through growing up and from my same neighborhood, there's like a handful of them that I can count on my hands, on my one hand, that are still my friends to the day. And that's not so much of what we've been through together. It's about we grew up together and we were, and that's the re and we were friends and that was the reason why we we had each other's back and we might have did crimes together whatever it was never about building the bond of crime it was about we we have similar cultures we grew up similar ways we know our parents raised us in similar ways and you know we we know what, what each other is doing if i they don't, I don't even need to speak. They know when I need help. Like if I, I came home after 18 years, those same friends I'm talking about, I don't even, I don't even need to ask for, I don't need to ask for anything. Mm -hmm. They know, they know that, they know, they know that I need, they, they know they, they need to call me or they need to, to help me or, or if there's certain situations, they won't ask me to do anything. And they just, they're trying to be protective because that's where real friends, uh, that they're your real friends, right? Yeah. And they might have and they might have been in trouble with you when you were doing crime, but they were friends before the crime, right? And that, those yeah. those are the bonds. But if it was just criminal stuff, most of those people are not my friend. Nobody, none of those people are close to me anymore. Mm -hmm. No, I get what you're saying. It's like you, you guys, some people you form a friendship because you, just because you're doing crime together, and other people, it's like they were friends before. And you guys yeah. happen, happen to do crime together. It's not like yeah. you're friends only based. If, yeah. 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 You're right. And then, and what, and I would, they would still have been my friends, even if we never did crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. And there's, there's people like they're gone now. There's people that were only around me who were my friends. Like when I was, before I went to prison, friends, friends is a, is a, like a, is a big open-ended term because I had lots of friends, you know, every everywhere I went, and they those people are gone now mm -hmm. because they were only around because of of what you were doing at that moment in your life. Now that you you've been gone for so long and you're not doing those things anymore, they're not they're not they're not here anymore. Everybody's changed and everybody don't talk to you no more. But the people that were were there not because of what you were doing because they were your friends before you started doing what you were doing they're still around even though their life has changed you and know what i mean like watching yourself change and then like all your friends change with you like when people start to like quote unquote grow grow up or like have different situations where they don't need to rely on crime like it's cool growing up with yeah. your friends and like getting better with your friends too yeah exactly like my, my friends they like i have Friends that were like criminals, that like they were bad. You know, what I mean, they did bad things. And when I came home, 
when I hear when I hear them tell them tell me about what they're doing or the kids they have and this and that and them, it makes me smile because that's what I want to hear. I was gone for almost twenty years. I was gone for eighteen years, so it would disappoint me if you told me that that yeah. you you were messed up or you were still doing you were doing crime. You know what I mean? So yeah. When I hear the success stories, I feel like you know what I mean. Like you didn't waste your life. Like I made a mistake and I in my life but at least you guys didn't you know what i mean you guys re- you learn from it and you change because you didn't want to you didn't want to end up like me or whatever right mm-hmm. so that, that's the good part about it and don't worry you didn't ruin your life you just lost a part of it but like yeah 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 and you know what i'm saying like can't get back to time but like what do you call it yeah it's not ruined but set you just slow down mm-hmm. but if you think about it like you learned so many things there too like just because you weren't spending 18 years in a school it doesn't mean you didn't pick up anything like i'm sure of course sure there's lots of like morals and like different things that like people in prison teach each other yeah of course you learn your life is life is like experiences experience it's the way you use it in your everyday life right it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be prison or or side or whatever it is is whatever you learn you can always apply it to your everyday life we talked about it earlier when you were talking about like keeping connections with your family by talking over the phone this yes. is like going back to like how, how do you think your sentence or crime life like affected your relationship with your family and your loved ones my sentence like i've been in trouble since i was 13 so they were my parents, my family. They were they're just disappointed. They they want more from me, and they know that I that I had that a lot of potential and and stuff. And they was just disappointed and somewhat ashamed of me. But like over the years, you can see that they they grew they grew to like be used to it, and almost like it's sad to say, but almost feel like. It's a relief that I'm in prison and not dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that, my parents are harsh like that. Like they don't say it, but they they knew where I was. Yeah, and I guess it's like comforting to, for in their like view, like at least we know where he is. At least he's not like in the streets. Yeah, like, stuff. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like it, it came to the point where like. They expected me to be in prison, but at least I'm alive. You mm. know what I mean? And they would like I would call them if I needed anything, or they were they would be there for me to do whatever. But it's like it's almost like it was almost sad, and it, it hurt me sometimes to feel like they thought that this was what I was gonna amount to, but they were happy that I was alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was, and then that's what bothers me sometimes, right? Because I was so I was. I was so like that was that was my life, right? And where other people's parents, their friends, kids, or my parents' friends, kids, or whatever, they were a bit pissed off that they went to prison. My parents are disappointed, yes, but they were almost used to it. They've been they've seen it, they've seen it for years, right? And then over the years, they would just they want me to come home, but they were almost it was they was almost like. They're happy that I'm alive. You know what I mean? Whether if I was in prison or not, 
I see the, that's their coping mechanism. It's the way they cope with it because they came from a war-torn country. It's like they only wanted to give their kids opportunities. So the opportunity is here. So what we make of that opportunity, they're, they're harsh parents. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you guys, if you guys make your mistake, you got to live with it. Yes, we're going to be your parents, but like, we just don't, we just want you to be healthy and, and not dead. We don't want you to be in jail, but like, if, well, you're going to be, can't, can't just keep crying over that because that's what you guys keep doing, right? But like, my sister was always, sister was always supportive. She's, she, she would believe in me and, you know, my nephews and them, they, they, they grew up without me, but like, they believe in me because they see the change, right? They they want me to believe in myself, so they continue to support. People deserve people to continue to believe in them even when they make mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But they have to. But if you continue to make mistakes, that yes, um, you continue to support them. But like, there comes a time where if people keep making mistakes. You need that, you need that somebody that's going to tell you like, yo, enough's enough too, right? Yeah. Because you can't always, you can't always baby somebody and always, you know what I mean? Someone can't go to jail 10 times and you say, you say that it's not that, you know, no one's going to say it's okay, but like, you're just going to support them without telling them like, this is not right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need to stop what you're doing. And if you're not gonna stop what you're doing, you know what I mean? You're not gonna have me around or whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's easy for someone to always wanna care for some, someone the first couple of times because it's, it's, it's like, it's your family. It's your family or your loved ones, whatever, but like, you're never gonna turn your back on them. But eventually, eventually you have to be, you have to be, you have to be stern and you have to be tough about it because five times, six times, 10 times is not one time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're, you're saying. Part of the support is also being like that person who wakes you up and says, hey, like, get your get your shit together. Like, yeah, like, enough is enough. Get your shit together. We're going to be here to help you. Yeah. You got to get this. You got to get your shit together. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned your family uh, was from Cambodia and like a refugee camp. Um, yeah. Do you think race affected your experience with the justice system? Yeah, like, yeah, like growing up, yeah, of course. Police are like, you know what I mean? You get pulled up, you're more likely to get pulled over, you know, go somewhere. Like my my crime happened because, and it happened because of me, but like mm -hmm. it happened because I was somewhere, but I was recognized for my race and for the colors that we were wearing because that's how that's how the community is. That's how society is. Where you're in a rich neighborhood, and they recognize that you're not from there. You know what I mean? They recognize that they, these guys look out of place. So mm -hmm. now, so now, the the bias already comes, and now when the crown attorneys and everything else try to make their case, they're more likely. They try to paint this picture that these people, these you know, what I mean, these people, uh, these Asian guys, these Cambodian guys, or these these guys that are like you know, what I mean, not white, whatever, not rich, mm -hmm. but most likely they're most likely to be the ones that did it. I'm from the East End of Hamilton, so like, 
in the East End, like if you when we when I was growing up, if you're Asian in a car, you're getting pulled over. Mm. Like if you can't vote in a car, like you're getting pulled over for sure, like in a taxi or whatever. You know what I mean? If the cops see you, that's that's how it was in my neighborhood. Like when I was growing up, I don't know how it is now, but like when I went to prison, like when you would get pulled over for nothing, you have your certain color in the car, especially like you know what I mean, especially my neighborhood if you can't board in whatever, right? But like yeah. And then the crowns and the police will work together. But then you get to the judge and all that stuff and you just you just hope that they're not they're not biased, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones being appointed. But like you know that the juries that being picked and everything they got, you know, I mean, as much as you go through the vetting process to pick the juries and stuff like that, like you can't say for sure that people are, aren't biased, right? I know that I felt I was more likely to. I got my sentence because not because of who I was and what happened, but like also because of who who died, like. I always said to myself, I don't want to make excuses, but like, and I'm not down. I don't want to, I don't want to like downplay or minimize the, the the horrible things I did. But like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't a, a rich, affluent white guy, and it was like a black or Asian guy, would I have got? Would I would I have got a murder conviction? instead of just a manslaughter conviction. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they I the same. Yeah, they might have forgot about it if it was just a regular, if it was some guy like me that died. Mm-hmm. I think I, uh, when we spoke yesterday, uh, you said something about how, like, your court was moved because, like... Yeah, I, I, yeah, because it was always in the newspapers and I was on the news every day. It was high profile, right? Yeah. So, and they were always saying, because we're from Hamilton, but my my charge happened the the crime happened in burlington right and they was always in the news saying that this burlington son his family they're they're rich it was a rich area and it was so much publicized that my my trial had to be moved to brampton right mm-hmm. because they the judge felt the judge moved it felt that they couldn't get a fair jury out of out of halton region so, so, so they moved it to Peel region. And that's unfortunate. And that's largely due to like, like one, you said your race and also just like the stereotypes and the, the, the assumptions that people make about like where, like I'm from East side of Hamilton too. So I already know like, yeah, people I'm from there and I'm white. And yeah, I'm, of course. It's, and they still look at me funny. So it's like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah environments you come from people judge you just off that so you don't even like yeah of course you're from the east end of hamilton you know like you know the type of uh, the 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 personality the type of the swagger and stuff that we have from there that's that's how it is whether you're white or cambodian whatever this is the east end of hamilton that's how you are you can tell you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and and they hate us (laughs) <laughs> yes, and, and yeah, and, and people, but they judge us, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. judge us, there's a stereotype already. It's, it's like in any city, there's a certain areas and certain parts that you can tell certain people. So my crime happened in off Guelph Line in Burlington mm-hmm. in a rich neighborhood, 
right? And then the person that died, they're, he's a good person, but like they're affluent. So when they're speaking of the person on the news, his family and everything, they're so, they're, they're pillars of the community. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's no, it's not, it's, it's, you can't win. Yeah. It's always plays the card, right? Whether you, whether people want to believe it or not, right? But I just want to believe that when it gets high up to the judge or something, that the judge is not tampered with, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Judge is not biased, but like the crowns and the, and the crowns and the police officers and the detectives making up the case, of course they're biased, you know what I mean? They have the, fam they have the family and the community to, to um, represent, you know what I mean? But I strongly believe, like me, in my opinion, like if it wasn't in that circumstance and it wasn't, it wasn't that type of person, it wasn't who it was, I might have been out of prison a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I see similar cases. I have friends with similar cases, and but the person wasn't white and rich from Burlington. And they did five years in prison. Yeah. No, I see exactly what you're saying. It's like um, they they targeted you and made it made it worse for you than it had to. Well, not like I'm not trying to justify anything either. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like I like I'm I'm deserving of what I got. But like I'm just saying like that's the reality of of what race plays a play, yeah. race and deception that people can build. Is there more like people who are visible minorities in prison? Like, how is the race population in in prison? Like, anywhere you're like in prison, you'll see you'll like when you go in there, you look, you'll see that there's more mostly in in all of Canada. Like, if you count it, you'll see that like white people is the majority. But like, if you go to any prison in Ontario, see the most people like. Because they're visible is is native, native is number one. Aboriginal is number one, and then the next is like the next is is blacks. But like if you really pick on the statistic that that's not true, like you'll see that in a prison. But like if you take all of Canada, it's it's white people. You know what I mean? Because that's the majority of people in Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I see what you're saying. Like yeah, but like if you go inside a prison, you'll see. If you're in any given prison with 400 people in it or 500 people, the majority of people that's in the prison is number one is, is Aboriginal and then the next one is is Black. Mm -hmm. We're actually like the CPEP organization that we're working with really focuses on like Indigenous like yeah. rights in prison and stuff like that. And obviously like prisoner rights in general, but like, yeah, I know that that's a, that's like a big thing. There's like a lot of Aboriginal people who are... Yeah, Incarcerated, yeah, that's, that's number one. That for sure, I know. It, uh, Aboriginals are the number one incarcerated in Canada. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say anything else about what it's like in prison and like what you experienced? Oh, other than that, like th that, that's basically like the guards and everything. I was like, I'm straightforward. Like the guard, the, the relationships I have with the officers and that, there's no relationship. We don't talk to them. You don't, you don't talk to the, you don't, me anyways, I don't know about everybody else, but the people I was around, whatever, it doesn't matter what level of security I was in, you, you never talk to the police. 
only person that you talk to is your PO when they call you. You know what I mean? And then the rest of the times you rarely talk to the officers. You don't talk to them. So, and so it's hard to have, you don't, they don't, you don't have communication. It's just, that's how the way it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everyday life, other than that, it's like, then you do your routine. Like you go to school or work or you go to work and then you work out and that's it. Every single day is the same thing. Right. And then you try to work on, if you're, a positive if you're on a positive path you try to work on a plan your plan to get out like your release plan and what you're going to be doing and if you're not if you're not if you're on a negative path you're just out every day trying to see what type of substance what type of drugs you can score or what type of moves you can make to dissolve your gambling debts or whatever it is you know mm-hmm. that's it that's every day in prison Basically just trying to survive and get by. Yeah. I Like, I understand what you're saying, and I can see why, like, that would be something really hard to go through. I, like, I don't think I could, I could handle everything that you need to do to survive in prison. Like, I feel like that's, like, an environment not built for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Do you remember when you got out? Like, how did you feel when you were released? Yeah, I remember when I got out. When I, when I... When I got out, first day I got out, it was last October, not just not 2020, but um, 2019, October. And I felt like I was elated. Like I was so happy, but nervous and like anxious at the same time. You know what I mean? Like so happy just to be out there, but like I just, and I just was just absorbing everything on the ride home and but I was anxious and, but I was also trying to mask the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I had plan, I had plans and I tried to prepare, but like, I'm still trying, I'm still like a newborn. I'm just, I'm just like learning everything. Like I went to jail when I was, when it was 2001, it was, it was 2019 now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I have my, I have a phone and I'm, but the things I was doing, I was just so excited, but I was just, I was just through with them, whether it was mistakes or not. Whether I was making mistakes or didn't know what I was doing, I was just going, I was just doing them. And I was just embracing, I was just embracing the experience and I was trying to enjoy it, right? But I was also nervous and anxious. Huh? Yeah. What were you anxious about, do you think? It's that I had to live, that I had to, I had to live life now. Mm-hmm. I had to live life and no one was telling me what to do like it's so easy to fall it's so easy to, to do well when someone has a outline schedule for you to follow mm-hmm. you know what I mean they tell you what to do and what you need to do there's a there's a template right but like well now when it's your life and and you gotta tell yourself what to do you gotta plan everything yourself to do there's no there's no bells going up. There's no quote unquote. There's nothing, you know what I mean. There's no rules about do this. You'll get this. You know what I mean. It's just like you gotta develop all that yourself, and then it's something that you've never done before. And if once you when you've done the same thing for so long, it's like you're you have that anxiety. You know what I mean. Like you're still gonna do it, but you have that anxiety though. If I am I gonna do it wrong or like you got those butterflies. You know what I mean? 
it's yeah. not butterflies that are stopping you, but it's just those, it's those butterflies. It's like, you know, this is, this is it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is really, this is really it. I'm, re- I'm really, I'm really doing this, you know? And you, you're not going to know how that feels until like, and like, I can only compare it to like the first time when, of you. The only way I can compare it to is like, think about as a regular person, the first time you're doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I compare it to like, when it's the first time you're, you're talking to some girl or the first time you're getting your license, the first time you're going on a roller coaster. That's how you feel after all, after that long or after being in prison a long time. So driving a car for the first time or walking into the store for the first time and using your own money, whatever, you have that same butter, those same butterflies incitement mm-hmm. as like, as, as if you were like doing it for the first time ever in your life. It sounds like, like reliving your childhood almost getting. Yeah. It's like you- you're reliving. Yeah. Childhood, but like you're reliving more, more like, you're living experience yeah you know what i mean like you're you're reliving you're experiencing something like you're doing stuff like because for me anyways i'm doing stuff that i did not do some people i don't know how they feel i'm just just trying to say like the people that have been in a long time that went in young like i was doing things that i did not do right so like i went to prison when i was 19 i didn't I didn't do a lot of things. So like, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of things you're supposed to be doing because even when I was out for those things, I was living a criminal lifestyle. So like, you didn't do anything anyway. So it was like, yeah, you are, you, you are basically living that, you're, you're reliving that, you're reliving a childhood, that you're, you're reliving the life that of a normal person, not a normal person, but like, a person in society should be doing. You're hard on yourself because like, you never did that. You know what I mean? So like you, you're always telling yourself you should have done this already. What do you think like the hardest part was in terms of adjusting? Me, the hardest part of adjusting was I just the hardest part for me was like Just not trying to be so hard on myself, right? Like, I wanted to experience and do everything on my own, like the basic tasks and and things that you need to get done to be a part of society. I wanted to experience and do it on my own, and that was the hardest part of it. Like, best thing for me was just knowing when to ask for help, but not wanting the help because you wanted to feel good about yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You wanted to know that you could do something, and it was that was it's hard to adjust to that. It's, it was hard to adjust to that because when you feel like you don't know, you wanna you wanna call someone and ask them to fix it, or like to help you, or to guide you. Right? Mm-hmm. There's times there. There's times that I I just I didn't I didn't do that, right? And that's the adjustment for me is just trying not to be harder on yourself and like okay to not know what you're doing and it's okay to make mistakes yeah that's the part of part of growing that was the that was the biggest part of just adjusting out here in that everything is not it's not a race mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? I, you don't need to, I, I don't need to have everything done so quickly because I was gone. And that's, that was the biggest part of adjusting out here. Adjusting to be like, to having the time to do things, but I'm thinking I don't, I'm thinking I'm running out of time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What was it like applying for jobs and everything and trying to live a normal life when you got out? Well, it was, it was, it was difficult. It was, it was tremendously difficult and it's still difficult to this day, but like, like I went on job, I went on two, three interviews that, that I, that I got turned away and, and like, I got asked about criminal records and I, I didn't even know what to do. And I just had to tell them, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't get hired and I, mm -hmm. there's times and, and then there's people that, then there'll be agency, like there'll be employment agencies or like, or like employment Ontario people that was always trying to help you and they're doing, but then I realized that the things that they're helping you with, they're helping you with basic stuff that some people that don't know what they're doing or, or can care less about what they're doing will need the help. Like developing resumes have, um, job, like interview skills, you know what I mean? Hold their interview skills and stuff like that. And But I didn't need that because mm -hmm. I already knew how to do those things. And I did, do, I, I I believe I'm capable of doing that, right? So they couldn't help me. Mm -hmm. So when I first got, when I first got out, well, they, I let them help me, but like they weren't really helping me. So like they were always trying to get me jobs and interviews, but to this day, like none of them ever got me a job. When I first got my first job, I went to the place and dropped off my resumes. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta knock on doors and walk that pavement and beat that pavement yourself most of the time. And even then, it's like sometimes you just gotta, especially with a criminal record like me. Like you just gotta get lucky. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you just, you just, you just gotta get lucky. And then I decided to go to school just because I wanted to make sure. That I knew some, I knew a little bit of something, and it's still to this day. Like even though I'm part of my program already, I like I still didn't get into. I still I'm still working on getting to the next chapter of it, which is an apprenticeship, right? But like that was that's even been difficult. If I didn't know somebody, or if I didn't have the connections, or like anybody, certain people that are in the industry and stuff like that, like it would be that 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 much harder. Like. So grateful that I even have somebody to talk to, or I know somebody that's that's in construction, or that was an electrician, and this and that. Like there's people that, even if they're not criminals, they're having a hard time. Mm -hmm. So just imagine if you have a criminal record, trying to do all that. Like you, it's hard for you to get. Like but the job I have right now, like like I said, like I was fortunate because I had friends that thought of me. Like I didn't even I didn't even ask them. But they thought of me when someone presented them with a job. They thought of me and told me, told, called me and told me to call the person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but if that didn't, if that didn't happen, that being said, if that didn't happen, I you still gotta be beating down doors and handing out your resumes and going everywhere. And then if it, all else fails, you gotta you gotta go to the temp agencies and you gotta do what you have to do, right? And then at the same time, like the same time like you got to build your skills as skills as much as you can 
when you when you can like sometimes people don't have the money to like go into these training or whatever uh, training and pay for pay for whatever it is working a heist training or trades whatever cpr training because that needs to be all on your resume you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like so like yeah it's difficult i believe i believe that like it needs to be there needs to be like from upon release there needs to be program from the from the government to support and help people to get employed not just say they're going to help but to get employment everyone says YMCA employment center employment ontario they all say they're going to help but i promise you to this day not none of them have gotten me a job yeah no I, they don't really help they're just kind of there to to teach yeah. you life skills and then they send you and out say they place. say they have this say they have this because i see the people that they i see the people that they can help and most of the people that they can help is youth mm-hmm. a lot of the funding and, and a lot of the funding and and the programs that they have that they, they pay people and then and then out when they, the people go to the program they get paid and then when they graduate from the program the the, the employment program they get hired from from certain Certain, uh, certain employers that have that have business deals with the YMCA or with Employment Ontario, that's usually for youth, 15 to like 30 years old, whatever it is, right? And then there's certain people that have, like, if they had a career before and they have second career opportunities, there's grants and stuff like that. But like, what about the person that never ever worked ever ever in his life and he came and he just came out of prison? Yeah, like what? After 10, 15, 20 years, right? There's there's gotta be there's gotta be different angle because when I was telling them this kind of stuff, they didn't know what to say to me. They would just say, "Yeah, yeah, they helped me." But the biggest thing was, you have no experience. Of course, I have no experience because I was in jail for for eighteen years. But I'm still willing to learn. And yes, I did this, this, and this, and this, and that. There is experience because I did a whole bunch of stuff when I was in prison. But they're not almost like it's almost like deep in their mind they don't want to fight for you you know what i mean yeah they still should have programs for the people like they need to be employed right away and that have you know what i mean they need to be trained they need to be trained it's like you just dump people in the streets like when i got out i was every day trying to find a job trying to trying to find a job and listen that and going to interviews and getting getting turned away and getting told, told I didn't get the job. And then I just kept at it. I kept at it and then found a, uh, found a factory job. And you know what I mean? And I, and you gotta be humble, like gotta be, you gotta be humble about it too. You can't be like, can't be thinking that you're above certain type of jobs because if you're a certain type of person that just got out of prison, like you gotta be grateful that you even got it. You even can get a job. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people can't overturn and they can't overlook. They can't go and work for minimum wage or whatever it is that because they think they're above it. But then you might be above it, but you're not, you might be on it, you might not have a job. And then you end up doing, doing whatever you're going to do to turn to crime and end up back in prison or be depressed and end up turning to substance abuse or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But that's what I tell myself. Like, I don't want to be above doing any type of work. Because the more work I do, 
or I know that I'll stay, I'll be, I'll be free, whether, whether I don't like my job or whether whatever it is, right? You just keep on doing it and plugging away, plugging away and things will turn for the better. Because at least you're free to, at least you're free to take another chance. What do you think would have helped you like better transition into society? And like, how do you feel about like these limitations that are placed on you even after your sentence is completed? I think, like I said, the better, the, the best thing to, I think that what would help for, for better transition is more, more pre, like more pre-release planning before you get out of prison. They need to teach people more life skills, more, more budgeting, more how to navigate a computer, how to open a bank account, where to look for a job, or even have, even have businesses or have potential employers, contracts or potential employers where if you showed up that you learned the necessary skills and are a good worker, that you can leave the prison and get hired. You know what I mean? And like that not just say that you'll help people and show them resources, you will actually help them. Because when your person is outside right away, say he's in the halfway house he's on, or he's on parole, He's trying to look for a job. He's not only just trying to look for a job because he's unemployed. He's looking for a job as a criminal, as a, a convicted, as a person with a criminal record. That's harder. That's that's harder. That's harder than some. That's harder than someone just being unemployed. You know what I mean? So it's like you got to give them like you got to give them the necessary training. You, mm -hmm. you, I believe you got to give them the necessary training, but you also gotta make them believe that people this employers that are willing to take a chance it was it was tremendously hard and it's still hard like even though i'm working right now it's still hard like and i see people that they're coming into the halfway house they were in jail for two years three years they're working good jobs because even though they were gone three years they were working before for many years you know what i mean and they had experience so like there's a gap, like the, the, there's people that don't know, that don't have no skills and you, they gotta address that issue where you can train them and you can give them opportunity and have fun. Because if not, you're only setting them up for failure because if someone's not strong-minded or not, they're gonna turn to crime. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like they need to give those programs and they need to give those qualifications, certifications. So, funding or something, even if you want, if you wanted to go to school, like, and, and retrain yourself, they should get, they should get those type of, of funding. Because if not, if not, how's anybody supposed to like, learn, like, how's anybody supposed to learn? Like, like I said, if you're not strong minded, you're not, you're not going to wait, you're going to end up doing something wrong. Like me, I just, I decided to go to school, you know what I mean? And, and all that kind of stuff. Like, Think about what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I find a job, but I'm working, and I decided to go to school. But I was in prison for 18 years, and you come outside of jail, and then you're putting yourself in debt for, for school, um, for OSAP and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And there should be there should be there should be program there should be programs and grants to be able to give you that and give you the schooling because mm -hmm. you're like you know like. They want you to go back to prison. You were gone for so long. Now you're outside and you have to pay thousands of dollars to go to school. 
it's a deterrent for people who aren't even in prison the money thing like so i could see why yeah. it's harder for if you've been in prison for so long to afford yeah it. like and it's just like but it just makes more sense to be like we should have programs to provide funding for them because if not we would have people going back to prison it's only it's only logical that someone that's gone for 10 15 20 years doesn't have the skills mm -hmm. they don't have, they have a lifetime of not working and not going anywhere and people that have been outside for 10 15 years they they've been to school if they chose to they've been to school they've been to work you know what i mean like but imagine someone that that has it so you need to take you need to you need to provide them with something yeah you know and that that's all it is like that that's a hard thing and it's, it's a mental thing too because you're like if you don't feel good about yourself you always go into interviews and all that kind of stuff like wait a minute i don't know i don't have the necessary skills or i have a criminal record what am i going to have to tell them because there's not enough positive things to make you feel confident to to overshadow those 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 points you know what i mean those you don't have enough you don't have a, you don't have enough good selling points how do you think society treats people who have been incarcerated and how would you like to be treated as somebody who has been who has experience with the criminal justice system i think people i think society just they they just um i think society just treats uh, people that have been incarcerated as as the like, way to see it as in face value right they have every right to like because because that's what they see and that's what they have been told that the media has portrayed certain people certain crimes and some crimes are worth worth you know what i mean the uh the lashing the lash out whatever it is but like me i just i would like to see society just people fairly like just treat them just fairly like especially that we live in a, a place like canada like if someone gets out of prison they did their, they did their time like you can you can have your opinion about them but you you should not try to be malice toward you know have any malice towards them mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and it's hard to say. The world is a big place. So, like, but me as me, what I would like to see people society is just like just see the person. And that's you just see the person person first, not see the criminal. You know what I mean? So that's why it's hard. That's why it's so many people don't want to tell anybody that they're from. That they were in prison like i was going to college i never told one person you know what i mean like yeah that's stigma and shame because like yeah. people like view you as bad but like what yeah. you, like viewing the individual first instead of the crime first like that's yeah like a good friend of mine always try to tell me like even even for even for government even for getting hired and stuff like that he was he would tell me he's like he's like from word of advice he's like don't ever tell anybody that you've been to prison or what you did until they got to know you first. 
because after they get to know you, they might they might um, they might like they might like the person that you are and and not what you uh, and and look past what you've done. But as but if you ever tell them first, they'll never get past that. They will never get past that to to like you. So I always thought of that like. Just I I never want to tell I, I never want to tell someone when it was, when right away when I meet them or like at the beginning stages of what I did or where I was or if I was in prison because I believe that that's hard to get out of someone's mind. But when someone gets to know you, and then you end up telling them they can they realize oh this guy's a good person he made a mistake. And um like with that and how how people react when people have like criminal records and have been to prison like how do you think we can equip people to be better society members to people who have been to prison i think communication like i think communicate communication lines that stay open and more programs like the like the programs the projects you guys are doing like just knowledge, just knowledge and understanding of what both sides go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Both sides go, whether, whether it's the person that's being incarcerated for whatever they've done, and even the victims of crimes and the victims as a, as a whole, like the victims and the community as a whole, where there's constant, constant information sharing and, and constant communication going between, in, between the two. Like, to help each other or see where or how people feel about it, right? And a lot of times people just have their opinions and they close off everything and they stick to that. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to share the information and they share the information, tell each other how they feel and and keep an open mind. And you have to give them much, like, you know what I mean? You have to be open-minded for hopefully that you know what I mean that they that the person feels remorse and that mm -hmm. every individual is different and that they they're capable of change right yeah like give people a chance at least yeah give people a chance but like that being said to like if someone doesn't if some a victim of crime or this that doesn't want to that should be understandable too yeah yeah like that's different if you've like yeah, like if you're affected in a certain way, like if you don't want to, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. And and whoever's incarcerated or the people cannot hold that against anybody. You know what I mean? So it has to see. You have to see it both ways. Why Why do you think people like look down on people who have been to jail and like look down on people who commit crime, even though like you were ex you were explaining like all like the the circumstances like your environment and stuff like that and like and like how hard it is once you have committed a crime even if it's something minor and you put like say you went to jail for two years and like just because yeah. of how hard it is like to get a job after and everything like why, why do you think people look down on criminals and make it harder well quote unquote criminals yeah because it's a it's a we live in a society we live in a society that's Based off, based off following rules and laws, right? So, mm -hmm. if you break laws, you're looked at a, 
are under class. Mm. It's, you know what I mean? We live in a class-based society. So like, if you don't, if you don't follow rules, you're gonna always be like that. It's just like, even if you're not, if it, even if it's not criminals, or even if it's not law, like law, law stuff, if you're in school, majority of the students, like if you're the kid that acts up in class, they might have the per people that like you, but like majority of the students are gonna look at you like, why are you disrupting the class? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's how life is. But that being said, then you can't just because someone breaks the rules or or commits a crime doesn't mean that they can't ever come back from that. Yeah, you know what I mean. They can't learn from that. Like that's 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 the that's the beauty of it. Like being a society and community, we hope that people understand forgiveness, right? Forgiveness mm -hmm. or second chances, whatever that is. But like I said, you got to, you're always going to look, everybody's going to look upon it, whether it's my parents or whether it's right, another another person, someone commits a crime. It's like, you feed off that. Like, you're like, oh, he did this. Or like, even the news, every day the news shows, every day the news shows crime. You know what I mean? You know, it's not as, it's not, and then everybody's like, whoa, they this. They never say, they're never going to be, they're, no one's ever going to look at it like, oh, who cares that they did that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you think your experiences throughout your life, like, shaped your understanding of the world and, like, the, the justice system even? I just, my experiences, I just know that so everything that I've been through is just, like, and all the time that I've done, I know that if you if you don't truly believe what you if you truly if you truly don't believe in what you're gonna do in your life, you're you're not gonna make it. So like like me, it's like if I say I'm gonna do something, I really do it. And I have to believe it. Like, so if I say I'm going to go to school for this, I really go and do it. Mm -hmm. If I say that I'm going to be somewhere at eight o'clock, simple thing like that, I go there and I'm there at 7.55. Because that's, everybody's always, life is full of disappointments and you'll, and you'll see a lot of people will disappoint you. So what I learned through life is like, or learn through life and the life that I've been through, through the justice system. It's like if I tell my, if, if I say when when I make the decision to change, it's not gonna work unless you believe in it yeah. and you're true and and you're true to yourself. You cannot lie to yourself because you can fool everybody else, but you'll never be able to fool yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's the main thing because I see it in prison all the time. Someone will try to say that they're trying to get parole, and they'll say they're doing this, they're doing this, and this. They're gonna, they're gonna lie. They're gonna, they're gonna lie to the parole board or whatever, and it never works because they don't believe in it. So when they're speaking about it, it doesn't look right. But if you 
believe you really mean that you you're gonna say that you're going to school or you have this job it has to be real mm-hmm. that was my that, that's the biggest thing that i took from it like it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter if you fail or succeed it's like you gotta when you say that you're gonna do something you gotta at least try it no i i agree like at, the, at least giving just like giving yourself the benefit of the doubt and believing in yourself that you could actually try it and maybe maybe actually you succeed at it instead of just like trying to convince yourself that oh yeah like i'll just lie and i'll get away with it and like or like i don't have to try it's not worth it type of thing yeah like you gotta you just gotta believe like like i said like if you say that you gotta you cannot like you can't fool yourself Mm -hmm. what what made you want like not want to go back to prison what what got you motivated to stay out and not do crime. Biggest thing was that I just wanted to be. Um, I wanted my. I wanted my family to, like I wanted my nephews to know me, the Mister entire life, and I just, like I wanted to be the uncle that I would never was. I wanted to be the son that I, that I was supposed to be. Right. These the uh, that's, the brother I was supposed to be, and that, that's it. Like and then. And the person, you know, in a better man, like my family and my friends, that's what keeps me. I don't ever want to go back. Like I said, I want to be like I was gone. I was gone for a long time. So like I can't get those years back, but like I'm gonna always I'm gonna try to be, doesn't matter how old I am right now, but I'm gonna always every single day whether people ask me to or whether people realize it or not, I'm going to be that I'm gonna be that brother. I'm going to be whatever, you know what I mean? So that's what keeps me, that's what keeps me out of prison. I want to be able to, I want to be able to leave it. I want to be able to leave an impact. It might seem hard for, for some people, but like, that's the easy part for me. Like yeah. that's the easy part. I got that question that, that that, that question there, like, well, staying out of prison, that's, that's a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I never, I would not go back. I don't know why anybody else, but I'm not, I'm not going back. Because there's, there's people that, you know what I mean? Myself, number one, but there's people that I need to be here for. I cannot, I cannot let them down. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a good, good way to think. Like, having people... And even like like that's a blessing to have people who look up to you and like rely on you and need you around because it, it does keep you here. Like yeah, and 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 I hope they, I hope they do. Like that's what I want them to. You know what I mean? Whether they do or not, right now, it's still still needs to be written. But like <laughs> that's what I'm trying to like. I'm trying to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, number one is for myself, but like I want them to be like yo. That's you know what I mean. When they're telling stories about me, my when my nephew's 15 and the other one's 19, and he's saying to saying to his friends, like my my uncle was in prison for 18 years, but look, in the last five years, five years he's 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 never been to prison. This is him now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like then those things matter. And then the, if my parents will be like, they need something, if they need something done in the house, they call me and they can they know that. The son, I'm, I'm their son that 
no matter what, I'll get this done. And, and I was gone for all this time, but like, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? They yeah. can count on me. That, that makes me happy to hear that. Like you're, you've shown people that you're like a reliable person and everything like. Yeah. Cause I, I want to be right. Yeah. They don't, they may not say it a lot. They may not say it to me, but me just doing the things. It just, it makes me happy. Like I don't even, they don't even ask me like certain things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They don't ask me whatever. I just go make sure that I'm doing those things because it's making me grow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and to see them, to, to be in their lives is like, to be in their lives is, is a blessing for me. So like, whether my nephew says he's, he's proud of me or whether my parents say they're proud of me or whatever it is, I, I, I don't need to hear that. But just knowing that I can be there to do do it my to do it for me, it leaves me it leaves me it leaves me smiling. You know what I mean? Like know that I can have go see my nephew and have one on one conversations with him, with him and you know what I mean go to my parents and fix stuff around the house, whatever, whether they ask for it or not. Yeah, like that would make me happy too. Just like finally proving myself and like showing everybody who I am outside of what I've done. What do you think are some alternatives to incarceration or like jail? I think community, like community services, some, you know, I mean, community services, uh, like trades, trades training, um, retribution, like, you know what I mean? Giving back to the communities that they probably like you, you hit the crimes in mm -hmm. maybe like, uh, counseling, peer mediation, like mediating stuff. Like there's so many, there's so many things outreach, right. But like, it all depends on this, the severity of the crime too, right? Yeah. Like so, happened. Yeah. Depending on what happened and folk like, or first time offenders, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Outreach, community service, yeah, all the all those things that you know what I mean? Like but you can you're never gonna get rid of like you never you can you can never get rid of the prison, but like first time offenders, like I believe probation and community service and outreach program, those things, those things can help because the less people that have a criminal rec record, the better, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those are like some really good ideas. I, I especially like the, um, like the even giving back to the community part. Like, I feel like if you go back to where you've made the mistake and you show these people like, Hey, look, I, I, like I'm rebuilding this place. I'm, I'm helping you guys. Like, yeah. And it depends on what you do. Like it depends on what you done. Like if you, you know what I mean? Like the, they, you would have to figure out what the retribution should be, right? But like, mm -hmm. but some communities will be against it. You know what I mean? Like they might not want people back in there, but like, yeah, you you want you want to be show them that you're sincere about it and that the courts made a made a uh, the right choice and not giving you jail time and allowing you to do this alternative measure. You know. Mm hmm. No, I agree. Um, 
you talked a little bit about it. You just mentioned it, I think, like talking about lowering crime rates or like recidivism rates, like people going back to jail and stuff like from your experience, how can can the city or like how can a community help lower recidivism rates and crime rates? They gotta, I believe they gotta, they gotta start at the grassroots level. They gotta like, they gotta have more outreach program, outreach workers before people, before young people get involved in crimes and counselors and youth workers and enough after school programs and shopping centers and whatever. Um, sports programs and the music programs and everything that you can think of, you know what I mean? Like those type of schools activities that, so they can target and gear people, you know what I mean? The youth away from a life of crime, right? And and then, you know what I mean? Then you got you have to have programs that address substance abuse and, and you know what I mean? And not, and not incarcerate that are in jail for petty crimes, you know what I mean? Traffic tickets or speeding tickets or selling marijuana, like minor possessions, they don't need to be in jail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like those kind of those kind of things, like that, that would stop people from going to jail and then from going to jail in the first place. And then the recidivism rate is like you gotta. You gotta be able to like show them that their skills or whatever they did to go to prison that they can use it and be employed outside in a way like you know, show them that they they can use what they learn or give them opportunities like they gotta have opportunities employment opportunities and stuff like that to, to not want to go back to prison like not, I want to turn their life in crime and go back to prison. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's it's a difficult one to it's a difficult one to address. You know what I mean? Like about recidivism rate because they just like people are in circumstances that are like uh, force them to do the things again. Like certain people, they don't go to jail for a gun. They'll get out of jail on bail or on parole, but they're going back to the same neighborhood. That they needed to carry the gun in the first place. Yeah. Like, so they end up violating and going back to jail, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like they need to be relocated or they need to know that there's a, another way out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever, whether it's school or programs, you know what I mean? There needs to be, there needs to be that youth worker, that teacher, that community worker, like, Keeps on talking to them, no matter what. You can't, you can't help everybody, but like, try to help one person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that one person could be, like, an an influence on a, a whole lot of people, or like, even just like a role model for people. Yeah, like it's one person at a time. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to touch, right? How important is rehabilitation to you when it comes to talking about? alternatives to incarceration like rehabilitation is key because so you you need to be you need to be able to go through the programs learn the skills everything else to be completely rehabilitated because when you completely when you're rehabilitated 
you no longer have those always always thinking you know and no negative thoughts and and stuff that turn that turn you to crime you know what I mean you don't you don't think that it's necessary to to punch this guy because he looked at you wrong or or to to sell drugs because you don't have that you, you're low on money you you know you know you you know this you know the ways to find find a job and skills so if your re- rehabilitation is key you know what I mean because if you're not real if you don't if you don't believe that you're completely or you didn't take the steps to be rehabilitated when you get out of jail you're not you're not going to be successful mm-hmm. and everybody's rehabilitation looks different right like yep. so like it's not not everybody completely it completely takes it on right like that's I believe that's the, the that's the main goal of the justice system is to have people come out of prison and hopefully they they're, they're rehabilitated 100% or just you know what I mean hopefully 100% rehabilitated hopefully they know that they have the necessary skills to carry carry on that rehabilitation right yeah it's it's that it's, it's that mindset right it's the mindset is the is that the old way of thinking new way and just have the, a new way of thinking where it's not criminal mm. yeah i agree you brought up some really good points and i i like your idea of just like changing your mindset and how that that can help change like your choices and your future and all of that stuff we're yeah. coming to like the end i think i have like two more questions but before i ask them like is there anything else you'd like to share or anything we haven't talked about that you want to discuss no no i'm not really nothing really okay yeah nothing really um if you could change the narrative on incarcerated people or like change how people talk about people who have been to to prison what would you want to say or do yeah i would i would just say that I would say that the narrative is like, yeah, some that people made mistakes and majority of the people deserve to be in there. But that being said, people still have the still have desires and the desire to change and the want to change and that. If they release and they've done their time, they've done their time. They should be viewed as individuals, right? And just give them, give, be given that opportunity to be a better, a better person and better part of society, like a, a great, great person. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Just not group every, not judge and group everybody as a single single category you know what i mean like of just being incarcerated people because after the just because we're all in, we all went to prison we're not all the same yeah and okay. that that's all and that's you know what i mean that's the basis of it like just give everybody a fair chance and that if you're going to judge someone judge them as individual not as a not as a that was perfect thank you for that you're right like i i agree we should definitely just 
look at people as individuals and stop judging people because like there's so many people who are committing crimes who don't get caught and like what about those yeah. people do we not judge them just because we don't know yeah, yeah you don't know yeah like that's that's all it is it's easy said and done but like that's the main thing because yeah you want to you want to believe that you'll be judged for who you are and for the for, for who you are and who you can who you can be and who you are now and yes criticize and be looked upon for the past things and transgressions that you've done but like if you commit you commit and you you commit to change you should be given the opportunity to, to show it yeah and i think yesterday you you talked about like when i asked you if there was any stories you wanted to share or anything you wanted to say like I think you talked about how prison wasn't cool. Do you remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, like like yeah. It's just so yeah, yeah. Like I would like I I would like to say that yeah for like any young people that you know I mean that end up listening to this like it seems that it seems like it's cool at first you know what I mean like when you're growing up and you're young and peace and stuff like that like you wear as a badge of badge of honor like going to prison and is quote unquote like feeling like you're going to university and learning new skills and meeting new connects and meeting like whatever, you know what I mean? All the all the stuff that you learn in the streets, but whatever, you you meet all these new connects from prison. And that's this it may seem cool right now, but like in the long run, it'll catch up to you and then you you're just gonna know the people from you're just gonna know those people in jail because you're gonna be in jail with them. You know what I mean? And, and it's never cool because the biggest, like I said, the biggest, the biggest drug dealer or the biggest criminal ever in the world is never, is never more successful than the biggest, the biggest businessman, legit businessman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll never be able to climb that high doing crime. You know what I mean? You'll end up dead or in prison and, and that's it. Where the where the businessman or a person, the law abiding person can climb high as high as they want and they, they won't they won't go to jail. You know what I mean? It's just that's that's one way I look at it, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's more to live for. Like you may think it's cool right now, but as soon as you're as the moment you get the moment you get your your family ripped from you, your choices ripped from you, your loved ones, you know what I mean, your childhood, your experiences, like whatever it is, your experiences, your your the ability to like to care for someone or your opportunity to fall in love or whatever it is, when you get all that ripped from you, you can't get that back. It's not a good thing because you you can and you never you're never you're young right now, but you you won't be young. You, you know what I mean? People are young right now, but like you won't be young forever. And if you choose a life of crime, you're you're gonna grow up fast. Mm-hmm. You're gonna end up growing up fast. You're gonna feel like you know what I mean. You're 19 years old in prison, and you're gonna you're gonna feel like you're 25, like. You miss so much of your life, but really you're a kid inside, but like 
you lost all that time. You have to grow up fast. And then when you get out of prison, it's like you're going backwards. You're old now trying to be young. You know what I mean? As much as you think, as much as people might, as much as young people or even older people might think it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's not okay. It's not, it's not okay. It's from when you can, you can say, when you can be that guy to say that, yo, this ain't cool. You, 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 you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're different you're around that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't say that. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for that. Like, I feel like a lot of people are going to be inspired hearing you say, like, like hearing somebody who has actually had an experience in, in prison and like, yeah. like almost like a big portion of their life. They're like, just hearing you say like, no, like it wasn't cool. And like, if I could go back, like I would, I wouldn't want to be there. Like, of course. No, but- of course not. You, you, like I said, like you can't, I don't like to have regrets, but like you cannot make up you cannot get that time back mm-hmm. there's no regrets for nothing because I, I chose to do with the things i've done when i grew up like i regret the time that i wasted the time that i cannot get back i don't regret the things that i've done i just can't get back so you can't live that life again you can't experience the things you have to experience new things but what i'm saying is like for the people that are listening that are young, you want to live those things when you're young. When you want to go through those things and, make, and you want to live those experiences and have those experiences when you're that age. Not try to, you're not, not try to do it when you're 30-something or 20-something, or depending on what, what whatever your sentence is or if you get sent, whatever it is, the time that you wasted. You don't want to do it later. It's always good to, it's better to do it when you're, is it better to grow up and do it as you're growing? You know what I mean? Not not doing it, not doing it when you because you because you missed out. Yeah. Well, that was good. Thank you for all of that. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Collect Calls, CPEP's podcast. Please be aware of the counseling resources in the description. We would like to credit Aaron from CPEP, Philip Primo from Carlton's podcast, Deborah Connors, the professor from sociology class, and Jacqueline Dompolsky, the TA and group leader. All of these people have helped our team and podcast greatly. Please listen to our other episodes to hear from other formerly incarcerated individuals and their family members. Our episodes are unique and give people a chance to voice their experiences and opinions. For more information about CPEP, please look at the links in the description.